Hello, I'm Arafat. I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome to Slow Pit Stop. I'm going to try and make it very dull to match the energy of the Singapore Grand Prix. Every now and again, something random will happen, but ultimately I will return to my dull voice. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Muhammad. Say hi, Muhammad. Hi, hi Muhammad. Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what a great race the Singapore Grand Prix was. Did you enjoy it? It's incredible how exciting it was and how at the same time incredibly boring it was. It was weird, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I had friends texting me who kind of had the same opinion. And these are people that are, you know, everyone knows we're biased because we're Lewis fans. But my friends are <laughs> either sort of neutrals or other fans of, I don't know, other teams or whatever. And they all found it the same. It was like chaos and boring at the same time yeah usually you get these races where like opening stint okay you know maybe people make positions up or whatever or they lose positions and then you get the the middle portion where strategy starts and then maybe there's like a safety car and that gets things all exciting all over again and you're like yes you know somebody crashed into the barrier there's going to be stuff happening now but like what there was like seven safety cars and for six of them nobody was pitting i couldn't i just kept shouting at the screen when are we pitting? It's 31 laps into the race. Why has no one done a pit stop? And uh, yeah, so it was just like as much as the race tried to make itself exciting, it could not become exciting. It just stayed stupid and boring I the know. whole time. There's some races where, you know, the end of 2021, like mm-hmm. Brazil and all those races that came at the end of 2021. I remember my legs were sore by the end of the races because I couldn't sit down. I used to watch the races standing up because they were so exciting. Yeah. This race, I managed to fold some laundry, load the dishwasher, <laughs> and meal prep for lunch this week. Um, that's that's where I was with this race. Yeah, but, so I had to wake up at 8 a.m. for this race. So and they delayed and like, it by an hour. <laughs> yeah, and they delayed it by an hour first. And then I was like, fine, whatever. And it was so boring. I was like falling asleep in the middle of the race. The only other time I've legitimately fallen asleep at the end of a race was Abu Dhabi 2020, not 2021, but Abu Dhabi 2020 when Lewis had already won, Verstappen won that race, I think. But it was so boring. Mm. I fell asleep in the middle. So, yeah, definitely. My problem with the pain. boringness as well is this is something I was going to talk to you about later, but I'll, I'll bring it up now. I find it quite frustrating how the commentators have to pretend everything is really exciting all the time. <laughs> like they're salesmen trying to sell a product. And I feel Martin yeah. Brundle is like, you can tell he's being told to say certain things, but you can tell what he's really feeling. Whereas yeah. Crofty is constantly like, and Oh my God, it's going to be an amazing end to this race and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's not, you know, it yeah. isn't. you know, and just <laughs> why are you be- being like this? And I just and you know, I feel like, yeah, Sorry, I feel like sometimes I just want someone to come on and be like, this is a really dull one. There, <laughs> there are dull ones and that's okay because you can't have everything exciting all the time. Otherwise, then it all stops being exciting. You need dull yeah. ones so that the exciting ones are exciting. Yeah. But I need someone to just come on and be like, this is a dull one. And that's okay. <laughs> I was going to say that, like, you know, the commentators, when they say things, it really influences how the majority of people will like it'll be their opinion going forward right so if the commentator says wow what an incredible move from verstappen then everyone will be like oh yeah that was a really cool move from verstappen so like i know what you mean i tend to wait for what martin brundle says i ignore crofty and then if brundle goes that was a fair move like racing incident blah 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 then i'm like oh okay fine yeah (coughs) because excuse me it reminded me of monaco which was also a wet a wet race on a street track which was equally boring and nobody could get around each other and do you remember how much crafty played up the ending he really made it look like carlos Sainz was going to overtake uh, sergio perez for the for Mm. the lead at the end and it was not gonna happen but Mm. it was like the same kind of thing and i i guess that's like his job but like i feel you sometimes you could just be like wow 
if the listeners out there exactly. think me and Muhammad can do a better job of the commentating, let us know and we will do one live along with the race and we'll call it grumpy old men commentating. Can, and we'll be really be negative. Yeah, that's the whole thing. We're just going to be grumpy old men being like, back in my day, that would have been an overtake. And uh, we'll, we'll give you alternate commentary if you want. Let us know. Well, you know, so there's this new podcast that's like all over the internet. I see ads for it all the time. And it's like a bunch of people I've never heard of and Will Arnett and Mika Hakkinen getting together and doing like a side commentary of the race. And if they can do it and nobody knows who they are and they've admitted in their promotional material that they didn't know what Formula One was until they were hired to do this commentary, then you and I can do it, Arafat. The bar is on the floor. Okay, yeah. I think I think would be bad, but I think it would be quite funny as well. Oh, it would be amazing! It would be so bad that you couldn't turn away from it. Yeah, people should let us know what race they want us to do it for, and uh, we'll 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 set that up. Yeah, it'd be fun. What other stories do we want to talk about this week? Let's talk about the the biggest story to hit Formula One since two thousand seven. The, the cost, cost cap. cap breach. Yeah, the cost cap. Here, why don't you tell us? Careful. Arfot, what um, happened? What's his face? <laughs> you know, what's, I can't remember us? his name. Christian Horner. Yeah, he's going to sue us for <laughs> defamation. Um, So what happened was, apparently this has been brewing for a long time, and Ferrari have sort of rumbled about it in the past as well, talking about um Red Bull's budget. And people have talked about random other things, like Alpha Tauri have moved to a small unit of their team to Milton Keynes to use the same wind tunnel as Red Bull and people are like oh you know okay mm. you can keep the data secret from each other but you can't stop the people chatting in the canteen and blah 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 that kind of thing so is Red Bull getting an unfair advantage but um, what happened now was there's a rumor going around the paddock that one team has overspent by less than 5%, and one team has overspent mm. by more than 5%. Mm. And the rumor is the less than 5% is Aston Martin, and the team that's overspent by more than 5% is Red Bull Racing. Mm-hmm. So Ferrari were a bit more diplomatic in their press conferences. They were like, we've heard this is happening with our team. We need people to look into it, transparency, blah, 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 accountability. Um, whereas Toto Wolf was like, it's Christian. Christian did this. so it means the 2021 car in theory would be illegal the 2022 car in theory would be illegal and the on the fia's sort of list of possible penalties they can dish out if this was to be true it goes from like reprimand suspension point deduction being disqualified from the championship blah 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 um and even toto wolf was like it's not realistic for us to think that historic results are going to be changed but Mm. at the same time it's not fair and something needs to be done so the reason this is a big deal i think is because this cost cap was supposed to be the next big thing in Formula One regulations. And it was supposed to bring the whole field together. And they did this whole thing, like amping it up. And they even delayed it one year because of COVID. So it's not like teams were just sprung this upon. It's been coming. And they knew it was coming. And they had a chance to get ready for it. So if automatically, after its first year, it's broken and there's no consequences, none of the other teams are going to follow it going forward. So if there's like, you know, let's say the rumors are that uh, Aston Martin overspent by a little under $7 million and they did it mostly by mistake is what people are saying. And, um, Red Bull did by around I 10 wish million. I could accidentally spend $7 million by mistake. <laughs> well, apparently it's, like, it's the accounting, I guess. Like, so both of them have submitted creative accounting, but Aston Martin's creative accounting was apparently, you know, this is all rumors, but apparently due to some sort of genuine misunderstanding of how to like submit the paperwork. Whereas Red Bull, it was not that way. It was them actually. But it was Lawrence Stroll being like, honestly, I've never dealt with money this small before. <laughs> yeah. I just thought you would round down to zero. I mean, <laughs> 140 million. I've, I've, I didn't know you could have such a small amount of money. <laughs> exactly. And whereas Red Bull, it seemed like we're trying to be a little bit more creative in a way that they, you know, maybe, maybe necessarily is too far. But, mm-hmm. um, 
We spent uh, seven million on golden boots. <laughs> <laughs> Ten million at Red Bull. But yeah. yeah, so what I was gonna say is, let's say that they put a fine, and let's say the fine is five million dollars. Well, yeah. everyone is gonna break the rules and just say, you know what, the five million is part of the the amount the we have to pay. Yeah. yeah. So really, the only thing I see being like they have to do some sort of either point reduction, which won't change last year. But going forward would make it difficult because you don't like, okay, let's say Mercedes wins P2 in the the constructors by two points. They're not going to risk a point reduction fine. So that's one thing. Or it would have to be going all the way, which is completely disqualifying Red Bull from last year, which is not going to happen. Let's not get our hopes up. But it's what should happen. I don't think that'll happen. I think what could happen and what I would do if I was in charge, I would say, look, it's tough because like no one's let Lance, Lance, what's his name? Lance Armstrong. Yeah, no one's letting Lance Armstrong keep all his um, medals that he won from doping, right? They're like, nope, you cheated, get out. Um, So one, you could just do that and be like, look, this is the precedent now, deal with it. Um, When McLaren were caught in Spygate doing all this stuff in 2006 and into seven, they disqualified McLaren and said, right, you're yeah. finishing 10th place. Regardless of wherever you finish, you're finishing 10th place. But the drivers weren't thrown at the championship because it's like, you've not done anything wrong mm. here. Mm-hmm. So they could argue, I don't know, this year to say to Red Bull, you're going to finish 10th place for breaking the cost cap. Um, because, you know, if you deducted 50 points from them, they'll probably still win. They're like 100 yeah, points exactly. ahead of them. Exactly. So yeah. what they'll do is they'll wait till the, the end. And they'll be like, okay, Red Bull have won the Constructors' Trophy by 212 points, so the fine will be 211-point deduction. Hmm. But <laughs> No, but see, I think even if they do the 50-point reduction, basically what it would say is Red Bull is off the hook for this year and last year, but yeah. going forward, the fine is 50 points. So the other teams, you better not break the rules because are you going to risk a 50-point reduction? Which, yeah. like, if you're in the midfield, if you're Alpine, 50-point reduction? If you're Alpine, think about it for the game. Like, if you're Alpine and you massively overspent, Renault has forgotten Alpine. Like, they don't put any money into that team. But if they did, they could just be like, yeah, let's triple the budget and then take the 50-point hit. Because what if it... The midfield we... teams can't triple the budget. Mercedes can, tri- Mercedes mm. can triple the budget, $400 million, $500 million. You yeah. know, build a whole other factory in America. They mm. could, and then potentially win by more than fifty points. But look at last year; that's Mercedes having you know tr- doing everything they can, and they didn't win by fifty points. I don't know. It's How it's do we tough. Police I, this because it's it's yeah. Like Ferrari has started talking about having an Indy car team. Mercedes are building that road car with Formula One technology. You know the what a project the, the one or project whatever one, it's called. Yeah, yeah, and um. Red Bull will start building random hypercars and things. And then they'll they'll say, oh, that Mercedes will be like, this isn't anything to do with our Formula One team. It's a separate project, a separate budget, blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, we've accidentally researched the best way of making <laughs> brakes that would be really yeah. good on a Formula One car. Oh, well, yeah. let's put that into our Formula One car and it's we've not spent anything of that budget there. So I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. What do you think will happen? Nothing. There'll be no consequences. We need to wait till Wednesday anyway to see what the actual story yeah. is. So yeah, I want to say real quick to people who are listening and are invested in this as well. There's so many people on the internet saying it's not true at all. It's just rumors that some German journalist got, you know, really uh, excited and published this thing, which is just a rumor. It's not a rumor at this point. If it was like <clears throat> some guy on Twitter saying it, maybe, but so many reputable outlets at this point have mentioned it it's it's real it's this is what happened is just waiting to see what the fia does about it um, yeah i think ferrari took the normal approach of being like we want transparency blah blah, blah without pointing fingers but when Toto came out swinging yeah towards christian that's yeah. a, a big sign that something's happening <laughs> it's it's tough to see because like on one hand if nothing happens that's good for us as Mercedes fans because Mercedes will do whatever they want next year. They'll, they'll go up to 200 million or whatever. And, you know, hopefully that means we have a good car. Um, maybe we'll even use our tokens this year, but yeah, 
I don't know. It's frustrating because you want. I was just telling my sister about this. You want to see justice in the world, and 2021 has so much injustice surrounding it that at any you know chance of it, we're just hoping for justice to be you know served. Since Harambe died, when has there been any justice? Donald Trump lost the election in 2020, and Fake Parasite news. won Best Picture. That was Fake the news. only two good. Those are the only two good things that have happened. <laughs> But yeah, literally everything else in the universe is worse, which is why the Singapore <laughs> Grand Prix was very boring. <laughs> Singapore Grand Prix was You know that very thing boring. in chemistry that you learn at school, like the arrow of time is yeah, always yeah, pointed yeah. towards entropy? Yeah, yeah. So it feels like that, like everything is always just getting worse. Yeah, we are very like pessimistic and depressed <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> Um, to talk about good news, yeah, it's like, what's it looks news? like Nick DeVries is going to be on the grid next year. Whoa, that is good news. Good for so, him. You know, handed the opportunity of a of a lifetime, and he really performed. You know, do you know what I forgot to mention with Nick DeVries scoring points? What's that? Remember how we used to joke that um, Nicholas Latifi is twenty first position in a twenty man championship? Yeah, and he went back up to twentieth because he beat Hulkenberg. Yeah. Mick DeVries has put Latifi back into 21st position in a 20-man championship. <laughs> and he, Nick, uh, Nicholas Latifi remains the only pointless driver for yeah. Formula 1. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Sad times. You, I, I, on that note, I think it's so funny that George Russell was like, Mick Schumacher is out here driving like he's trying to save his life. Uh, crikey. But then it's like Mick Schumacher is literally trying to drive for his life right now. He's like, <laughs> I need results. Every position matters. Nico Hulkenberg is coming for my seat or whatever. Is it is it Hulkenberg? I think it's Hulkenberg yeah. that's fighting for the seat. If I was Haas, <laughs> I don't understand that. Like I like Hulkenberg. But if I was Haas, the guy I'd go for is Ricardo. Like the guy mm. basically loves America. I think they, could market they that him. all over the place in America. Mm. You put him in a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. whatever like i don't understand i think he really they really want him and he really doesn't want them and he just put his price too high that they can't afford that's what i think happened because they were really going after ricardo for a while and he kept saying in the media i want to be in a competitive team which seemed like a pretty like like straightforward snipe at Haas. like i want to be in a competitive team not just on a team to be in a team so mm. i think that's what happened but yeah i agree that um, it, it, basically, they want two competent, normal Formula One drivers, which is what Nico Hulkenberg would bring to the table. He'd be another Kevin Magnussen, and they want to, you know, stay like P seven or P six or something in the championship, and then continue upward mobility. That's that's what they are hoping for. But uh, do you think Schumacher will keep his seat? I think if like contract talks and whatever else break down. Then, yeah, if I was Haas and I was like, yeah, let's just take a bit of a risk on something. And you mm-hmm. wanted someone with experience. Mm-hmm. I would actually... Felipe Massa. No, no, no. <laughs> I was thinking someone like, I don't know, like Sebastian Boemi or Jean-Eric Verne. People that left Formula One too early have shown they can still drive in other series. Like Boemi's won the World Endurance Championship. He's won in Formula E. Yeah. He's done lots of simulator work for Red Bull. He knows how that organization works. He knows there, he'll probably know you know one or two secrets. <laughs> Get someone in like that. He can help with your development. He can help develop your car because all this time for years and years and years, even since he was dropped by the team, he's been working as mm-hmm. a simulator driver for Red Bull and developing their cars for them. I'd go after Boemi. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe they want somebody with just more relevant car experience, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But in the rest of our Oscar Piasco segment for today, which is kind of what silly season has turned into. The other two big news is, is that Nick DeVries is going to, um, what do you call, what do we just say? Alphatori, which means Pierre Mm. Gasly is moving to Alpine. And did you Mm. see his outburst in the media pen after the race? No, no, it was incredible. He was just like going off on the team. I don't actually remember anything from his race like i don't remember where he finished i just remember him letting verstappen through but like he was like going off my team does this wrong and they did this wrong and the strategy was wrong and blah blah blah. he's just going off on his team 
And nice. I think it's funny because like you can only do that if you have another contract line. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm going to Alpine. I don't care anymore. Yeah, this is what's going. Yeah, I think that's good because he would have been stuck in Alphatori. Like he's yeah. not going. He's not getting the Red Bull seat again. No. So what? What was his next move? So Alpine yeah. at least now he has options afterwards. Mm. You know. Yeah, and Alpine, even though it was like five hundred years ago, have won drivers and constructors championship. Yeah. Yeah, and not that long ago, but with like Kimi Räikkönen, they were winning races. Yeah, so if Gasly even in the short term goal, if he if that team keeps progressing and does well, he could you know, I think it's realistic to think that Alpine could be getting podiums and a couple they, of wins didn't they here win and there. a race last year? Esteban Ocon in oh, yeah, uh, so Hungary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, I mean, Räikkönen was winning without shenanigans, like on actual no, okay. merit. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of winning with shenanigans, we finally had our race with shenanigans, and uh, yeah, but it was shenanigans. But then it felt like, oh my god, someone's in the wall, safety car, and no one's changed position. <laughs> and the first two cars are ten seconds ahead of everyone, and then it'd be like safety car, no one's pitting, restart, and then the top two cars are ten seconds ahead of everyone again. It was yeah bizarre. It was like not the race of shenanigans we want. No, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. Um, speaking of, sh- every- yeah, I, I was going to say I think the shenanigans came towards the end of the race with all this chat about penalties. Yeah. So that was frustrating. I was watching. Okay, I, I know p- if people watch American football, they'll be, they won't understand what I'm about to say. But I was watching, you know, the Buffalo Bills and American football team, and mm-hmm. you could just see that if somebody does like pass interference or holding or any of the other penalties, you can see it as a fan. The ref will call it and they'll get their, their penalty. You know, like mm. you, it, it's straightforward. And the reason I say American football fans might not agree is because they don't like the refs there either, but it's much better than formula one where you can see something cut and dry, like being more than 10 car lengths behind is not something you have to look in the cameras for, see all the angles and analyze it. Like it just happened. Like you could see mm. it. And, I don't know why they, and it didn't even happen. Like at the end of the race, it was like, like 10 laps before the end of the race. Mm. I think there was like 20 minutes or something. So they could have made, I don't know. I, th- I feel like they wanted to cater the punishment to the, the result. result, the end yeah. result. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people were frustrated about because in the stewards wording, because they wanted to talk to Sergio Perez and say, why were you more than 10 car lengths behind? And he said, oh, it was wet, something, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And they said, "Um, we do not think the wet conditions were a good enough reason to not maintain the lead. And then they say, nevertheless, we accept that because it was wet, Perez was blah. And it's like, you've just said you don't think that's a good enough reason. And then, yeah, so for the same no punishment, for the same crime, one time they gave him five second penalty, and another time they gave him a reprimand. He did it three times. Yeah, and I, one I don't time, know what happened to the first one. I think the first yeah. one they're like, "Oh, warning." Warning. Second time yeah. they're like a reprimand, which is, I guess, not a warning. And yeah. the last one is like five second penalty. Yeah, and I think my position on this whole thing is. Like, we don't want to see lots of people getting penalties and this and that. And some people have said, look, the 10 car length rule was because people were doing really erratic things mm-hmm. when the safety car was coming and going and it was um, dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then other people have pointed to, you know, old races in Hungary where Sebastian Canada Vettel got the year. same penalty. Yeah. Oh, that was Hungary? Yeah. 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 So, you know, you got Sebastian Vettel got penalty for doing the same. Mm-hmm. Uh and so there's all this stuff about, like you said, the spirit of the rule, blah, blah, blah. But as fans, like you said, with football or cricket or whatever, we just want the penalty to be predictable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We don't want it to be, they're going to interview the driver, see what his feelings were. And uh, like if someone in like football, real football, <laughs> causes a foul, the referee doesn't go over and go, look, you kicked that guy um, in the shins. Uh, you didn't make the tackle. But what was your intention there? Did you want no. to hurt him or were you were you actually trying to go for a legitimate tackle yeah. there? Well, look, yeah, you were trying to go for a legitimate tackle. And I think if we gave you a penalty now, um, it would massively influence the result of the race. Your team's been doing really well. Let's just leave things as they are. Like, that's madness. Yeah. Um, so what I would do is say, look, 
we just need to automate as much as possible you know in mm-hmm. video games like assassin's creed and gta whatever there'll always be a mission where you have to like follow someone but mm-hmm. don't let them see you mm-hmm. so like if you go right up to them you spook them and it's like mission mm-hmm. failed but mm-hmm. if you get too far away then it gives you a warning like oh you're too far away you have 10 seconds yeah to catch up before the mission fails like you just put a thing like that on the steering wheel like a warning <laughs> being like you're too far away from the car in front or from the safety mm-hmm. car you have 10 seconds to catch up and it'll like beep at you for those 10 seconds and then you catch up and it's like fine and if after 10 seconds you're still outside that distance then it's an automatic penalty. What's crazy is they have automated penalties for like speeding in the pit lane. So the concept isn't like unknown, you know, or uh, not being in the Delta. That's an automatic penalty. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's very frustrating. And I don't mean to make this like an anti Red Bull thing. I just think the stewarding has been very inconsistent. And I was hoping it would be changed this year. And they have, yeah. like, their VAR or whatever, right? Like, they have their separate site that's monitoring all the videos. So, really, things like this shouldn't be happening. It's just very annoying. It's like Formula One consistently wants to uh, prioritize entertainment over sport, which is just so yeah. annoying. Yeah. This, you know, this off-site VAR thing? Yeah. That's just some guy called Dave with a laptop, I think. <laughs> That's what that is. He's watching the race on Sky F1. Yeah. <laughs> That's their offsite. But yeah, like, like you what's said, your opinion? And he's like, Dave. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, looks fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's watching like Manchester United play Man City and he's like, forgot to watch the race. Um, but yeah, so like you said, we want sport. We want consistent penalties. And like Perez did an amazing job. And to underline how difficult those conditions Mm. were Verstappen went off and Hamilton went off and those are two of the best drivers you'll ever see in Formula One Mm -hmm. right ever 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 and they went off because of how treacherous the conditions were so for Perez to stay on and absorb all that pressure and do what he did nobody wants to see him be given the first place trophy Mm -hmm. and then have a random penalty and have to give it away if there's a rule broken, you want to immediately action mm-hmm. so that, you know, I, I hate the idea of people going up onto the podium and then later having to give their trophy away. That's but so it's mean. happened before. Lewis went on the podium happened. in Brazil 2019 or 2018, and then they took his podium away and they gave it to, what, Carlos Sainz? Yeah, like it and happens. they did it to Bel- and they did it in Belgium as well. He had a win and they gave it to Raikkonen and demoted him to third. It happens. But that's my point. We need to have a... My entire thing with the stewarding system is it should be consistent, transparent, and immediate. Yeah. So me and you should be able to look at an offense and go, Yeah. oh, if you do something like that, that's going to be a five-second penalty. And then 10 seconds later, the stewards say, okay, five-second penalty. Like you see in football or whatever, like they'll say, oh, the ref's deliberating on blah, blah, blah. And they'll show you like a slow-mo replay. And yeah. when we watch the slow-mo, we go, oh, yeah, look, yeah. he definitely did blah, blah, blah. That's going to be a penalty. And then immediately the ref does it as well. What's all of this? We're going to do an emotional interview with the driver afterwards and yeah. see how it goes. Speaking of emotional interviews, this is very frustrating, but what about Lewis Hamilton's nose? <laughs> oh, God. They gave him an emotional interview. So I had to ask like my family members because I don't know how nose rings work and I don't have a nose ring. I was like, you know, People were texting that- me and you. Being like, can nose rings get infected? And then we're like, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I don't have a nose ring. <laughs> if you never yeah. watch the video versions of our episodes, uh, yeah, I don't have a nose ring. But I yeah, guess they can like, get infected. I thought you were doctors. Why don't you know this stuff? Like, <laughs> because it's not a day-to-day part of saving lives in a hospital. Yeah. Uh, if there was a lung ring, Arafat would know all about that. Yeah. I could tell you all about lung rings if that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, it's funny that it's like, uh, they are like, you have to keep it in because of the potential health hazard of having it ripped out, ripped out in an accident versus the very real health hazard of taking it out and having an infection. Right. So it made sense that he had to like have a, like a, a report, like a doctor's note or whatever, but it was just like, it's like such a waste of time. Like, I can't believe that that's 
so that's a thing that the FIA has to spend their energy on, you know. So my understanding that. was with jewelry, it was if you get set on fire, yeah, it'll burn into you. Oh. And number two, if you need an MRI head, the piece of metal in your face is going to interfere oh. with the MRI. And okay. cause I thought it was because it would get ripped out of your skin. Like the no, I think it's to do with if you're on fire, this is going to melt into you and make things more complicated. Mm. Okay, well, I, I kind of get it from that point of view, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like we're at the end of the season. This was something from the beginning of the season. Yeah. Why is it still an issue? But um, I wanted to talk to you about everyone else's performances, uh, like just kind of talking about the, like, I don't know, how difficult this race was or how difficult it seemed to be. Like, I, I felt like everyone was upset by the end of it. I don't think anyone really outside of Sergio Perez, Daniel Lando, and maybe Carlos Sainz. So maybe other than those four, it seemed like the other 16 drivers. No, Carlos was ha- unhappy. <laughs> Why was he unhappy? No, he was just like, had a good start, but then the car just felt terrible for the whole race. Okay, but he was going like 17 miles an hour and <laughs> holding up everyone behind him and he still finished on the podium. He shouldn't be unhappy. Yeah, I know Charlie mm. Claire was saying he was happy too, but like you lost pole position and then you lost the race you should have won. I don't know. I just feel like everyone was unhappy with this. I feel like no one is going to walk. I don't think even Red Bull fans are going to be like really happy because they don't really care about Checo. And like Ferrari, I don't know. I just feel like everyone was depressed. I think, this remember race. earlier in the year, I was talking about yeah, sometimes chaos and shenanigans is good sometimes, yeah. but really, mm-hmm. you know, we keep talking about the pinnacle of motorsport. What we want to see is the drivers driving at their best, amazing overtakes, all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, you could say every driver had a very average race. Like everyone was made to look a bit silly. When Lewis went off, you could say, you know, he made a mistake there, Verstappen mm-hmm. made a mistake everyone was made to look silly Mm -hmm. and i think that was actually just a factor of the the circuit it was Mm. humid it was wet stuff wasn't evaporating Mm. it's a street circuit so it's difficult to overtake so anytime someone took a chance like when lewis tried to get past patel he ended up losing a position instead Mm -hmm. so i think the circuit made drivers look very very average and it was frustrating for fans because the drivers weren't able to show off their yeah. skills. You yeah. imagine, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the equivalent. You take a bunch of football players, put them onto mm. a wet field, and suddenly mm. take their shoes away yeah. and just make them run around in socks and slip everywhere. Mm. That's what we were watching. So, you know, yeah. if you had, like, Ronaldo and Messi on the same field but suddenly took their shoes away, and you've like paid all this money to go and watch Ronaldo versus Messi. You'd be like, "What the mm-hmm. hell is happening here?" You know what's That's annoying what this race is that, was. Yeah, no, I agree. And what's annoying is that Japan is supposed to be wet too, so and that's also like a really hot and humid. But I feel like at Japan, usually. yeah, I hope. But it's like a proper circuit, so they'll have thought about drainage oh, and okay. things, and you can actually. Yeah. And and that's a different challenge. You could see the drivers, you know, push in the wet conditions, whereas this. They weren't even yeah. pushing in the wet conditions. It was just yeah. get around, get around, someone crashes, get around, get around, someone crashes. Now, what about that qualifying session, though? That was such a good quality session. And it really made you think there was something going to happen in the race because of how close the top three teams were. And, yeah, I yeah. thought it was going to be a great race based on qualifying. Yeah, I was really excited for that. I really thought Lewis could jump both of them in the beginning. He had a really good start. And then what did they say? He got stuck in second gear? Is that what it was? No, he like, started he just- in second gear. How do you start? I thought you said you can't start in second gear. You can only start in first gear. No, you can gear. start in whatever gear you want, but it's just going to be much more difficult a higher gear you go. So when it's very, very slippy, like I used to do this when I still had a manual car in the snow or something, you start in a higher gear because it gives yeah. you less wheel spin. Uh, so like mm. first gear will give you the most wheel spin, but the most acceleration at a low speed. But if you want to avoid that wheel spin, yeah, like you know the other thing is let's say you're even when you're driving um the, the f1 cars if you're finding you're getting wheel spin because of the wet circuit whatever you're going to start shifting up early because the mm. higher gears uh put less less acceleration through i guess 
There's a word. Yeah, I guess that makes Torque, sense. Force. But I don't, I don't know, know why. I'm like, so tired. So, so I have no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I'm, we're almost done with today's episode, everybody. Um, but if you're starting in second gear, is there a reason why then you would slow down after having a good start? Is it because everybody else is immediately getting faster into the higher gears, but you can't? No, I I don't think it was anything. I think because you start in second gear, you're going to accelerate away slower. Oh, no, but he had a good start. Like yeah. he had a good start. So I, I felt like he just- has... Going yeah. from second to third or something, uh, maybe okay, just get the power right, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What like... really disappoints me is Charles Leclerc. I don't know what happened with him. Immediately mm. losing at the start to Perez. And then what really upset me about Charles Leclerc is how this dude cannot keep his car within five seconds of Checo. Like, you know, last year, there's so many times when, okay, maybe Mercedes didn't have the faster car at the race, but Lewis always kept it within like two, three seconds of max. He never like just let it. He just he was never like, okay, I'm 25 seconds behind them. He always kept it like right in that area. And I just, I don't know why did Charles have so little pace that he just couldn't keep it within five seconds. He could have won the race even without having made that on-track overtake. And it's just so frustrating to me the performance that ferrari who had the fastest car probably in the first like 40 percent or 50 percent of the season now i think it's definitely the red bull i don't think anybody's that can take yeah. on red bull no one's at yeah. red bull's place i'll put it to you this way yes red bull the car was better but i think by the end i don't know maybe leclerc was just trying to survive you see how many people hmm. just stepped offline especially once you've gone into slicks you just need to go a couple of millimeters in the wrong direction. Suddenly you're in the wall. And it was Perez that was pushing to yeah. build that five second gap. And that was what impressed me the most at the end about Perez's drive. Not everything else, not the safety cars, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It was when the conditions were so treacherous and a lot of people were slipping off and making mistakes. He was able to push and keep that gap to keep yes. the win. Yeah, no, it's good for Perez. I definitely see like... Perez is probably the only person who, maybe him and Car, maybe him and the McLaren drivers truly performed well today, and you know the McLaren drivers, credit where credits due. Now they're ahead of Alpine in the in constructors, which is not something I thought would happen. I really thought Alpine was going to run so away. I'm so surprised it. by that. Yeah, I 100%. really thought Alpine would run away with it. Like, it's basically because Alpine and Alfa Romeo's cars just break down all the time. Like, I couldn't believe. I mean, no, I could believe that Zhao retired today because. How many races has he actually? You know, let's, let's let's guess. Let's guess, and I'll check it up. How many races do you think Guan Yu Zhao has actually finished this year? Don't look it up. I'll look it up. Guess. Um, I'm gonna guess he's finished ten races. Okay, uh, I'm gonna guess he's finished seven races. Just to go different hmm. than you, let's see how many One, races two, Guan Yu Zhao. Three, four, five, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh, okay. So you were closer. Out of how many races have we had so far? 20-something? 19, no. maybe? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Great content for the podcast here. Counting. <laughs> Just counting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder who's had the most retirements. He's had, but he's had so many retirements. He's had four retirements this year, which is a lot. Latifi's had four. But five from his had. own... Huh? He's at five. No, shows had five, yeah. Yeah, so he's had five, and they've Yuki's not been his four. fault. Latifi's had four, but they've been his fault. <laughs> Who <Yeah>. else? <laughs> Everybody Bottas else is has okay. Had four. Okay, again, but that's Alfa Romeo. Again, they can't make yeah. a car. And Alonso's you know? had four. How again, you know this race? Alpine. This was Alonso's three hundred and fiftieth race. And I thought it summed up his entire career so well. <laughs> Why because is that? He was he was driving very well. He was fighting <laughs> with Hamilton, Verstappen, and everyone's like, wow, Alonso's doing really well here. And then his car just exploded. And I thought that's just in one race. That's the perfect summary of his entire career. <laughs> so somebody else online was like, if you look at the seat, if, if like uh, what do you call it? If Leclerc gets two more poles and if Verstappen gets two more wins, Verstappen will have the record for most wins in a season, tied with Vettel. And Leclerc will have the, the record for most poles in a season, tied with Michael Schumacher, oh which God. I think is hilarious that it like totally sums up this season 
that Leclerc would have the most poles and Verstappen would have the most yeah. wins. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I kind of want Vettel to keep his um his to keep record. his record. Yeah, yeah, he's retiring. Let the man have some shred of exactly before he goes. Yeah, so <laughs> Max can win Japan. I know that's going to happen. USA, hopefully, Lewis wins, and then hopefully, you think Max will yeah. win Japan? You're sure about it? Yeah. And then USA, Mexico, that'll be, let's say Checo for the fun of it. Brazil, I think, I think Lewis has a real shot at Brazil and USA. I think those are his last two places to make it work. Maybe even Japan. Abu Dhabi, Dhabi, uh, Verstappen will win. (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe even Japan too, because you just never know sometimes with the streets. It's just like, not the streets. I mean, sometimes these like random tracks we haven't been to in years, they just end up working. Like, who thought we would have been so competitive in the Netherlands? That brings me to my next point, the W word. So, I think it's time we talk about Lewis Hamilton and his stage of the career and his performance this year. I know mm. we ranked him last year, you or last episode, you ranked him two and I ranked him number one. Mm. Looking at today, looking at his frustration, looking at the two mistakes he made, which cost him massive points, mm. his opportunity to really close the gap with George Russell and really bring it closer and for Mercedes to really get it closer to Ferrari. And he really dropped that. Is Lewis Hamilton washed? Washed. Yes. He he bathes regularly. I think. (laughs) I mean, okay. I think he is the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Obviously we're Mm -hmm. big Lewis Hamilton fans. We're very biased, Mm. but is he at that stage of his career where you think he doesn't have it anymore? I, I actually asked your dad, and your mm. dad was like, yeah, I think Lewis Hamilton has lost it. And I was like, lost what? He's like, it. He's just lost it. So do you think? So simple answer, no. My more complex answer, because I was thinking about this a lot, and I was think I was comparing it to 2011, which I still mm-hmm. think is his worst year. Because mm-hmm. if he gets through this season without winning a race and losing in the championship to George Russell. Yeah. I still think 2011 is his worst season hmm. because he was unraveling in all sorts of ways. He was making mistakes consistently. He hmm. was mentally unraveling. He was just falling apart. Right. Was that and that's when I was, was like, also on and off with Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know that was affecting his mental. Yeah. Like status, so I think yeah. all of that, whereas I think, you know, the race was done, it was horrible. And he comes on this morning and he puts out a good, morning message to all his fans and is like you know failure is okay it's how we learn nobody likes Mm -hmm. it It still hurts but we have to move forward blah 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 Mm -hmm. and i think the difference is mentally he's so much stronger and better and sure in himself of who he is Mm -hmm. than he was in 2011 Mm -hmm. and i think he's able to go none of like yeah i'm making mistakes but i'm making mistakes because i'm pushing a car that doesn't work Mm -hmm. you know like his mistake of losing a place to Verstappen Mm -hmm. that was him trying to get around Vettel and this and that and I think he Mm -hmm. goes he's probably pushing too hard whereas I think in 2011 he was making silly mistakes that was just down to his own Mm. skill and mistakes so I don't think he's washed or whatever you were saying Um, if mentally he was behaving the same way he was in 2011 I'd be worried well, okay, but you look at people like Sebastian Vettel, and he's much more mature now than he was when he was dominating everything. You know, he's got a family, he's got all these interests outside of Formula One, he has a life outside of Formula One. But you can probably look at one moment in his career and say, from that moment on, Vettel was in his decline. So can we say that about Lewis? Can we say post Abu Dhabi 21, Lewis is in his decline? Nah, I think. I think this is just a bad car. And you look at certain things like, um, you know, in Silverstone and through goes Lewis Hamilton. And, yeah. you know, he's he's putting in moments of brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's getting results that both of us are like, wow, he got a second place there. Or he got a third place there in a car that mm-hmm. shouldn't have. And he's come from the back and whatever else. So I think he's still putting in lots of good races. But the the win isn't on the board if that makes sense Hmm. so i think you can't make a judgment this early you need to you know we'll see how he is next year and the year after and if there is a decline to happen it will but 
I don't think this year is anything to panic about. How much longer do you think he will be in Formula 1 for? At least next year, we know. But how much longer beyond that? I think at least next year and the year after. You think two more years? Because he, yeah. he was talking today about handing the reins over to George Russell. Because everyone keeps bringing up the retire word. That's the R word that everybody mm. brings up. I wanted to talk about the W word. But everyone keeps talking about he's going to retire. His time is over. It's time for George Russell to take over. And he was kind of saying, like, I want the next British championship winner to be George Russell. And mm. my kind of comment is, Lewis, win your eighth first, and then you can focus on getting George his yeah. championship. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there's this balance he has to strike. Total Wolf was saying he thinks he'll be there for five years, but I don't think George Russell will wait five years to be number one top dog in the team. No, so I think Mercedes, the way they race, like you see how they had Rosberg and stuff, they will mm-hmm. give both drivers equal chance. So George has nothing to complain about. Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking if this was like a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Lewis is like jetting all over the world and stuff like that. And he's like, right, I have to, all these young guys are going to cope with jet lag and all these things so much better than me. I need to find another gear to be able to fight and still win a championship. And I was like, if this was a Hollywood movie, he'd get a driver coach. Like, I know he has Angela, but he'd get another (laughs) driver coach. Nah, Nico Rosberg. (laughs) (laughs) You should do it. Because Nico Rosberg do was it. doing, the year that he beat Lewis, he was like, he did all these things. Like, you know, he invented a new type of glove so the yeah. stitch wasn't in the way when he changed gear. And he didn't tell Lewis about it for like four races. <laughs> uh, and that's why he was, his starts were always better for like those four races. And as soon as a race finished, Nico would every day shift his body clock one and a half hours towards the <laughs> next race. And he was yeah. like, it was weird because I'd wake up in Monaco at like, 2 a.m. Then I'd be going to bed at like 4 p.m. <laughs> but I was just, you know, getting my body clock ready for the next race and this and that. And that's what he said. He went, I couldn't put the amount of sacrifice and practice and hard work that I had to put into that year. I couldn't do it again, which is why I retired. Mm. And I was like, if if life was a Hollywood movie, <laughs> Lewis would team up again <laughs> with Nico Rosberg, and uh, together they would they would take down Red Bull. But he can only do that if he has a car. I can, what is he going to do now with all that energy? He's going to... No, not yet. Maybe, <laughs> no. <laughs> but that would be cool if it yeah. was like close with Red Bull. I really hope yeah. for next year we see a more competitive Mercedes. I, I really hope so. If we're given another you know, crappy car next year, I might not watch this sport anymore. I want... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think what will happen is one day Lewis will retire and me and you will be able to watch the sport without stress. Yeah. We'll be able to watch and just complain. But complain in a way that isn't stressful for us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, what I want from Formula One is at least four or five teams mm-hmm. winning races in a season. Yeah. I don't know what happened this season. Mm. Uh, honestly, I, I I almost want to make this the title of the episode. I texted you after the race, garbage race, garbage season. Yeah. It, it just really is. Like, it was just so uncompetitive. The like, beginning was good. It started mm. really, really well. And then like yeah. seven races in, it just completely fell apart. Yeah. I was thinking about this. It's really weird because there's like, what? One, two, three, four, five races left. And like, psychologically, I'm still waiting for the season to begin. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you right? Know what I it mean? doesn't feel like it's ending. I f- or I feel like yeah. we're like halfway through or something. Yeah. Not like this is the closing stages. Like, exactly. It just doesn't feel like it, you know? I, I feel like I'm still waiting for things to begin and it's just not, it's, it's we're very much stuck in second gear. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing, but now it makes sense. After watching yes. Lewis's start, we're stuck in second gear. Let me ask you that something. That should be the title of the episode, Stuck in Second Gear. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll do that, yeah. Um, my last question to you before we finish today. Mm-hmm. Since so many people made mistakes, so many people screwed up, the race was horrible, is there one person you would like to congratulate and say, you know what? You did a good thing this race. Don't call it a good thing. I don't want to get sued by Miss Apex. They do a good thing award. I'll say, you know yeah. what? You performed well this race. Or, yeah. It doesn't have to be a Perez. driver. It could be anything. Definitely Perez. Perez. Um, who else performed well? I quite like Toto just going for uh, Christian Horner. That was quite funny. 
<laughs> it's Horner. It's him. It's Red Bull. Yeah. Red Bull did the major breach. Aston Martin did the smaller breach. It's Christian. <laughs> We've known for a while. We've kept it quiet, but it's him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That that's my favorite part. <laughs> my like thing I want to I can't say thing either. That's Mr. Apex. That's their thing. My congratulations goes to Ferrari for not screwing highlights. up the strategy. We do that. We do our top three highlights. All right, top weekend. three highlights. Okay, that's it. <laughs> we have a thing. We, we have, have a segments on the show. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> my highlight is going to go to Ferrari for not screwing up the strategy or the pit stops this race. Um, as much as I hated it, not pitting Carlos was the right thing to do. Even though they really wanted him to pit, they sent their pit crew out twice and he just decided mm-hmm. not to. He's his own race engineer, so he figured it out. But yeah, I think Ferrari had a good race other than losing the start. But other than that, getting two cars on the podium, they didn't make any operational mistakes. Good for them. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, Arfan? You know our friend Ari from the 44? Yeah. Oh, she was, she was at the race. Ah, and I said, so cool. oh, we should do like a Ted's notebook style thing. But like Ari's notebook and you should tell us like gossip from the paddock. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, you know, just send a voice note like, hi, this is Ari from the 44. Here's my behind the scenes race report. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. And then like continue. And then this is what she sent. Hi, this is Ari from the 44. Here's my behind the scenes race report. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like where's the rest of it and she went sorry hungover we'll send later <laughs> and she's not replied to my text since so that's uh, ari's review of singapore <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for joining us we'll be back next week with the japanese grand prix this friday i'll be releasing the um we'll be releasing the fifth episode of donuts and drivers the audio version on our spotify if you want to take a listen to that we'll also be having an interview with bianca bustamante who drove the marina bay circuit she can tell us all about how wet humid and annoying it was um although i think she had a pretty good race so we'll talk about that uh and yeah we'll see you guys next time bye i thought saying bye you can't you can't hear him or see him sorry i was waving This has been a production for Not That Good Media.